Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome everybody to the bar. Do not adjust your headphones and don't panic. Dwayne hasn't caught some sort of illness, giving him a British Cockney accent. No, nothing like that. You will no doubt know that Dwayne is in the middle of a very busy season in his life, which has meant that he just hasn't been able to keep up with recording new episodes of the Bar podcast. So I saw the bat signal go up all the way from over here in the UK, and I responded by becoming the new guest host until Dwayne can come back. My name is David Knight, and I am from a ministry called Exposit the Word. And apart from the accent, nothing else will change. We will still have have the same awesome guests and lord willing we will publish a new show every tuesday so let's get to it because i am super excited to be coming through your speakers your earbuds wherever you're listening to the bar and we are grateful that you are listening and we love to start the show off by thanking you the listeners for tuning in and supporting the show and just like we do every tuesday we bring you another awesome guest and this one is no different. Hello and welcome, Ray Comfort. Ray, it's hard to know where to start first. You have been extremely busy and it doesn't seem like things are going to slow down anytime soon. But before we start talking um, about your new book, just quickly introduce yourself and tell us everything that we need to know about Ray Comfort. Yes, I'm a nobody from nowhere with nothing but a love for God. Born in New Zealand twice, lived in the US from 1989, have an itinerant ministry or had one. I don't travel so much now. We've got a television program that goes to 190 countries since its eighth season, I think, or maybe ninth. YouTube channel, which is very active, 235 million views, which is just so encouraging that we've got access to so many throughout the world with a push of a button. So I'm very blessed and um, pleased to be on your program. Yeah, Thank you, Ray. Um, how did you become a Christian and how did you decide to become an evangelist, Ray? What happened? Well, first part, I became a Christian because I was really annoyed with the fact that I was going to die. It just didn't make any sense. I had a Solomon experience at the age of 22, well, really 20, for about two years. I was just thinking to myself, what am I doing here on earth? We're all waiting to die. This is ridiculous. And I could see that all my happiness bubble was going to be burst with a sharp pin of reality when death came for me or my family. just made no sense whatsoever. 
One night, I looked at my wife who had gone to sleep. Tears rolled down my cheeks, and I just cried out, why? Didn't even think I was praying to God. Six months later, he heard my prayer, and I read the words of Jesus. You've heard it said by them of old, you shall not commit adultery. And I thought, well, that's good. I'm going to make it to heaven because I've never committed adultery. And then read the words that came after it. But I say to you, whoever looks upon a woman to lust for her, has committed adultery already with her in his heart. It's like an arrow hit my chest, and I thought, I'm undone. I'm I'm going to hell. What should I do to be saved? And suddenly I understood, I understood the cross, got saved, found everlasting life, and um, and that comes to the second part of the question. I became evangelistic. I, I, I was the most zealous, fanatical, crazy, uh, enthusiastic person on earth because I'd found everlasting life and I was in the midst of those who were in the shadow of death. And 50 right. t- 52 years later, I'm much worse. I, I want to tell the ungodly about the gift of God, which is eternal life. And so I've always been evangelistic. Itinerant evangelist began late 1970s after I wrote a book and it became a, a bestseller and opened up doors for me. And I've been traveling probably for 40 years. I'm tired of traveling, done 2,000 flights. That's enough. Zoom is what I like. Well, we like that as well. It's saved both of us getting on a plane, Ray, so I appreciate that. Ray, are you a good person? Um, Yeah, I'm really good at sinning. I learned that as a non-Christian, and I became a Christian, and I found that propensity to sin is still there, and I've got to continually repent. So I was ready for that one, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Very good. You you mentioned your first book you you wrote uh, a long time ago. I think you've been involved with almost a hundred books now. If I'm right in that in that Ray, your latest book, So Many Lions, So Few Daniels, has just come out. What's this one all about? I haven't read it, so I can't tell you. That was like a joke. Yeah, that book was inspired by atheists. About a year ago, I saw a T-shirt on the internet that said, "So many, uh, so many Christians, so few lions," and I thought. Well, that's about as culturally sensitive as so many Jews, not enough Nazi ovens, so many blacks, not enough lynching ropes. So I was angry. And that book, So Many Lions, So Few Daniels, written out of a righteous indignation. I want Christians to rise up and fearlessly and faithfully preach truths that are calculated to bring about a revival. And so that's what I hope happens with the book. The Christians are emboldened emboldened, uh, by the truths they read in it, which come from Scripture. Yeah, yeah. And in your experience, where is the church at large today when it comes to evangelism? Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of people sitting on the pews, and we re- and we need to electrify them. Probably ninety percent of the church is loving God and worshiping Him and refusing to do what He commanded us to do. You know, Dave, the Great Commission is a reproach on human nature. It really is a shame, uh, in the sense that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature shouldn't have to be said. It's like a doctor finds a cure to cancer. What's he going to do? Hold on to it? Is he going to stand up and run to his patients who are dying? If he's got compassion, if he's got love, he'll run at them and say, I've found it. I've found a cure. And so for us to be told, have to be told, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and then we go with our feet dragging, worried if people will reject us or make us look silly, is a reproach on human nature. It shows how selfish and an introvert we are. And it's only when the love of God really gets hold of us that we begin to run to the ungodly with enthusiasm and say, hey, you can find everlasting life through trusting in Christ. Yeah. 
Yeah, so true. Well, Ray, with, with that, if you've motivated some people to get out the pews and go and do some evangelism, what, what are some practical tips for anyone listening that, that wants to go and share the gospel, but they just don't know how or they're too scared? Yeah, well, we're all scared. I'm scared, um, but I don't listen to my fears. I'm like a firefighter who shows up and he finds uh, there's a fire going on. And the fifth story is a lady and her two children leaning out a window and flames licking at their clothes. And they're screaming in terror. Does he say, oh, too scared to f- climb that 60-foot ladder? I can't reach out and grab children at that height. I'm going to be terrified. Smoke everywhere. I, I could die. They could die. I could drop one. Does he say, I'm just going home? He can't because he's a firefighter and people are in need. So he ignores his fears and he thinks of the fate of that woman and her two children, not his own fate. That's the attitude we've got to have when it comes to the lost, Mm. to think of their fate, lake of fire. The Bible says in the book of Jude 23, others having compassion, that's the key, making a difference, pulling them from the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. There are certain keys that help me dissipate my fears. One is this. When I meet a stranger, I just say to him this one question, and this is what took Goliath down to Zacchaeus for me. I can meet a stranger, as I did yesterday. A guy came to fix up our television set, walks in the door. I let him play with the TV for a while, found out his name. His name was Kenny, and I just says, Kenny. He says, what? I said, do you think there's an afterlife? He says, oh, boy, I think about that all the time. Away we went. And all my fears yeah. dissipated because he didn't right. stab me in the yeah. throat. He was pleased to be talking about the issue he thinks about all the time. I was able oh, yeah. to share yeah. the gospel with him. And so that question, do you think there's an afterlife or do you think there's life after death, doesn't mention God, Jesus, heaven, hell, the Bible, sin, righteousness, judgment, all these things that make them and us feel uncomfortable. It just it just appeals to the ego of the person you're speaking to. You want to know their opinion and you're genuine. Do you think there's an afterlife? So that has been a huge key for me. Yeah, yeah, really good. Do you remember the first time that you shared the gospel with someone? No. (laughs) Really? Uh, Come on, it's 52 (laughs) years ago or something like that. I can't remember exactly. 1972. But I do remember giving out tracts, and I do remember having to give my testimony, and I do remember going to a a university as a brand-new Christian and sharing the gospel, and I was utterly terrified. But I don't remember the first gospel encounter. I remember the last one. Dave, do you remember your first meal? So <laughs> I had so many meals. I can't remember my first meal. I think it might have been milk. <laughs> you mentioned your YouTube channel a little bit earlier on, and it's an excellent resource for anyone wanting to be a fly on a wall and actually watch you do it. What are some of the most memorable interactions that you've had? Probably the most memorable would be when I was on my bike. I ride my bike with my dog. Dog's wearing sunglasses. I'm wearing sunglasses. It gets people's attention. If you want to get people's attention, put sunglasses on your dog. If you've got a dog, you're going to make friends with strangers anyway. They're wonderful. If you've got a cat, it won't work. They don't like sunglasses, and they're not very friendly, but dogs are. And so the the traumatic thing about meeting a stranger is you so hello, uh, you have to look them in the eye. But when you've got a dog, ah, attention goes on the dog. So it's a wonderful way to, to share the gospel. And anyway, on my bike, and I go past this guy who's standing by a tree in a pathway. And I thought, oh, I won't stop. I will. So I stopped and I just turned to him because you get turned down probably once out of 40 times, I'd get people come on camera, maybe 30. Most people say, oh, no, 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 oh, no. But this guy says, yes, straight away, he comes walking up, and he was uh, his name was Mario. 
he was almost arrogant to begin with and had it all together. There's, uh, you know, God, God at a distance. God doesn't, you know, interfere with your life and stuff like that. You just live by what you want to. And, uh, and when I brought up the commandments, he began to weep. You can't see it on camera, but I could see in one of his cheeks a drip just come running down. And I, I was horrified. Dave, I was horrified because I thought God's doing a work in his heart and I don't want to mess it up with my stupid mouth. I don't want to say something that's dumb. This is just such a wonderful work right, of yeah. God. Yeah. And he just burst into tears and he was just beside himself, come back and forth from the camera. And I said, are you ready to repent? He says, oh, yes. I said, do you know why you're crying? He says, because I've sinned. And it was just a beautiful encounter. And I long for others like that. Often I'll say, yeah. Lord, give me a, 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 a divine encounter. Give me another Mario or a Mariette. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. had something yeah. like you know, three and a half million views on YouTube. Amazing. Well, we're going to find that video and we'll make sure that it's in the link wherever you're watching or listening to this interview. Ray, we live in such an online world now, don't we? And you guys have done a huge, you've had a huge impact on, on the internet. Tell us about that, Ray. And what are some tips for churches listening in, how they can use the uh, power of the internet for evangelism themselves? Absolutely. You know, you think what the Apostle Paul had to do to get a letter across to the Galatians, handwrite it, dictate it, get it delivered, whatever, make sure they read it. Um, or if you go back 150 years, you're a missionary, you say to your family, I feel we should go to New Guinea. Okay, okay, honey, let's get in this boat. Half the family's going to die of scurvy. It's going to take three months to get there. When you get there, they might eat you alive. <laughs> we can get the gospel to millions. We're just on the internet. And so we've got to take advantage of social media, Twitter, and other things that the world uses. Just get on there and say, anyone here think you're an after there's an afterlife? Let me know what you think. You can strike up a friendship with a complete stranger on the other side of the world. Here's some tips for uh, for YouTube. If you want to start a YouTube channel, um, if you want to get views, there are certain keys. If you can create in your thumbnail, that's the picture on the YouTube channel, or the title, try and get, make sure you get conflict and curiosity. If you can get those two, conflict and curiosity, you're going to get views. Now, let me give an example. There's a television program called International House Hunters or House Hunters. I don't know if you get it in England. Do you get it in England? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Well, let me tell you what it's about. It's about a couple, husband and wife, they get followed around with a camera and they go to three different houses and they look at the ins and outs of buying this house, how much it is. It's got three bedrooms. It's two story. It's got a rotten garden. I don't like this one. I like this one, the second one, then the third one. And then they choose a house at the end. And it's usually... It's usually what you're not expecting. You think they wanted the big one, but they choose the little one because of this. And it's just interesting. But this is what happens. The show begins very quick introduction, 10 seconds, which is a key, especially with YouTube. Sometimes I'll turn on a television and watch an old movie from the 1940s, 1950s, and they tell me who the, was Technicolor, who did the sound. Who I don't care who did the sound. I don't care who's acting. I don't want a two-minute introduction telling me it's in Technicolor. Give me the car chase. I want to see action. That's our mentality because of social media. So you've got to have a quick introduction. What they do in international house hunters is this is how it begins. Husband looks at the house. He says, oh, I love this house, sweetheart. I'd like a man cave. And she turns to him and says, you're not getting a man cave. I don't want a man cave in the house. And you go, what? Who does she think she is? What a nag. Right. A poor guy. And you turn to your wife and say, Listen to her. That is horrible. 
and your emotions are pulled and you're both now watching and watching this witch and her horror just treat this guy with you know, all the way through the prime right in the end she says honey because i love you we got the we got the house with a man cave and you go oh oh that was just wonderful and your emotions are pulled in and you say oh we're going to watch the next program because that was so cool all they did was use conflict and curiosity what house are they going to choose conflict yeah. woman with a husband and him going please i want to i want a man cave if you can do that on a youtube channel you're going to get views let me give an example i opened here preached the huntington beach about two or three three years ago nice young girl on a box she uh she laughed at what i said at first and then she got real serious and then wanted to get right with god we could have called that preacher talks to girl or we could have said which we did something like she mocks the preacher, and then this happens. Ooh, right. i got to find out what this is. Yeah. And she yeah. mocked the preacher. There's your conflict. This happens. There's your curiosity. If you can do and it's not easy to do. You know, you can get yeah, a, a yeah. video and you think, how can I find conflict? And I was on um, on uh, Babylon B. Have you heard of the Babylon B? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on there last week. They got me into their studio. And I said to them during the interview, I said, if you want to get no views, call this Ray Comfort Talks about evangelism. No one's going to watch that because evangelism to most people is like root canal. Yeah. <laughs> I am not. I don't want to do that. That's scary. So call it that. I said, you need some conflict in it. And one of them said, why don't you slap our faces? So we said, let's do it. They stood up and I slapped their faces, both of them. And then we sat down. <clears throat> One of them said, that actually hurt. And I said, it wasn't too bad. Your beard, you know, helped my hand. It didn't hurt too bad. But they can call it. Ray Comfort slaps our face and show a thumbnail of me going like that. That's going to get views because it's got the curiosity and conflict. And so uh, they are two great keys if you want to get yeah. people to watch your YouTube channel. And if you're a Christian, you certainly do. Yeah, really good stuff. I'm quite relieved that we recorded this over Zoom now. That you're you're going around hitting your interviewers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other exciting things I want to talk to you about is the King's coronation and the huge project that you have planned. Tell us about how that idea came about and what you plan to do, Ray. Oh yeah, thank you for letting me share this. This is my passion at the moment. It's passion on steroids. Six months ago, I began thinking. You know, on May the 2nd, King Charles, during the coronation, is going to reach out his hand, lay it on a Bible, and promise before God to uphold the biblical truth of salvation by grace through faith without works. He's going to have a globe called an orb with a cross on the top, which is symbolic of the earth with the reign of Jesus Christ over the earth. He's going to have a, a scepter like like uh, David had, like Solomon had, Um He's going to be anointed with oil, uh, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. He's going to have, be given a number of swords. One sword is a sword of mercy, a blunt sword, speaking of the gospel, the mercy of God. The other sword is a sharp sword. It's called the sword of justice, speaking of judgment day and the judgment of God. He's going to do 10 things in a two-hour church service that's going to be witnessed live by hundreds of millions of people around the world. Yeah. And people are going to line the streets of London. They're going to all throughout Europe watch this thing live on television from football stadiums to personal homes to pubs, whatever, plus be in London. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to get a track printed like this with Charles on the front 
looking like a 50-pound note, and the gospel on the back. And we could give it away, and people would see it as memorabilia, because this is going to be a pleasant experience. We're not endorsing uh, King Charles whatsoever. We're just doing what Paul did in Acts 17, where he quoted sinful Greek poets. What did he do that for? Well, he used them as a bridge to reach his hearers. And we're just using, we just want to use this as a bridge to reach our hearers, because the world has an insatiable appetite for royalty. We don't because we're, we've got our king, but they certainly do. They're fascinated by a king and a coach and all these things. Anyway, I made a video, a very rough video, sent it to my team. And just after I sent it, I got an email from a guy who says, what are you working on? So I sent him the video. He sent the ministry $200,000. Showed someone else the video. They sent $50,000. Showed someone else. They sent $100,000. And so we had... 13 million of these printed, 13 million. We're giving them away free of charge, and we're paying the shipping to anywhere in Europe, United Kingdom. We're paying the shipping. doesn't cost a thing. There's no catch. Australia, New Zealand, and throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our agent in the U.K. got 4 million of these printed. 3 million have already gone. And so anyone can get these tracks and be ready for this occasion because – They're not going to see this as a religious fundamentalist track. This is memorabilia. This is something they can hold on to. They see it on television. Whoa. So it's it's going to have such a pleasant experience for them, seeing a king in a gold coach and hearing millions of people call out, God save the king. So people can get that by going to livingwaters.com forward slash London. That's an easy one. Livingwaters.com slash London. It goes to our computers. Our agent gets it, and he ships them out. They're working through the night, and they've got a team of about 13, and so many people are wanting these tracks. We'll send them to you in lots of, I think, 500 free of charge or maybe more. You can get up to thousands if you want for your church. Don't put them under your bed. Just go out and say, do you watch the coronation? Are you going to watch it? Here is something for you. It's a million-pound bill or whatever, and they'll take it. Such a good idea. We're just so, so generous as well. Yeah, so useful. Well, thank you for doing that, Ray. We're going to, again, make sure that that link's in the description below. And be quick because, you know, these probably won't hang around for long. You don't want to miss out on them. Our church have already got 3,000 of these, uh, Ray. Oh, and we put them out you. last weekend. And they do look like £50 notes. We had a couple of people come in and they're bundled up as well. That makes yes. them look like money. We had a couple of people. <laughs> I think it's only a matter of time before someone tries spending one of those in their local <laughs> Do it. That'll be great publicity. You do it. Get arrested, and I'll make I'll make publicity out of it. <laughs> Ray, just we, 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 the time's gone so quickly. We've only got five minutes left, so just really quickly go through this if we can. Being a really busy person, and you're so productive doing lots of different things. What tips can you give on how to be productive while still safeguarding your own personal time with the Lord? Yeah, just realize that people are dying, they're going to hell, and we should be doing everything we can by any means, Paul said, by all means, to reach them. So if you've got a dog, seriously, put sunglasses on them. Just put put an elastic around the back, give them a treat every time you put them on, make it a pleasant experience. Take some gospel tracks with you, and when people say, hey, I like your dog, say, yeah, have one of these, and just move on. Let them pat the dog. I do it every day. Students come rushing up and say, can I pat your dog? What's his name? And I say, vicious. It's like a joke. And then they, I let them pat him, and I just say, you got a dog? And then I say, do you think there's an afterlife? So it's a wonderful way to do this. And when I feel tired and want to sit and watch television, I say, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to get energetic, and I'm going to run and do what I know I should. And so yeah. redeem the time for days of evil, the scripture says, 
Say to the Lord, help me uh, to number my days that I might apply my heart to wisdom. You don't know when you're going to die. See, I want to serve God today. You don't want to put it off till tomorrow and say, God, take away my fears. They're just a self form of selfishness. Help me think of the other people that are around me and carry gospel tracks always. Be productive all the time. Right, that's a wonderful answer, but it was to a different question. The question <laughs> I actually asked <laughs> was, how do you actually safeguard your own personal time with the Lord? Because you're so busy, you're writing books, you're out there with the YouTube, you're doing so many different things. How, how can you know what? What's your tip in terms of safeguarding your own personal time with the Lord every day? I don't have to because my time with the Lord is in the night. I for 38 years I got up during the night, most nights each week to pray. But when I turned 70, about 40 years ago, when I knelt down to pray, I just got to sleep. It just started happening. My body's degenerating. Inward man, you should see him, but the old the old man's just going. And so I pray in bed at night. I wake up most nights. I do some writing. I read email. I text Ken Ham. We're back and forth in the middle of the night. And uh, and I pray at night. So I'd have to safeguard my time. Not too many people burst into our bedroom and say, hey, can I have a chat with you? So the rest of my day is just serving the Lord in any way I can. I do a lot of editing, spend time with my wife. I've got a private number so people don't call and i make sure my wife's time and i um and my time with her is prioritized and time with my dog yeah brilliant all right great stuff we're going to take a real quick break before coming back and then hitting you with the famous free signature bar questions i hope you're ready for this ray We're back with author and evangelist Ray Comfort. So, Ray, as you know, every single guest that comes onto the bar gets asked these three questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Before we get asked them, before I get asked them, I just got to say I absolutely love your accent. I'm hardly hearing a word you're saying because I'm listening to every word with just utter fascination. It's just so neat. Never change. It's just terrific. (laughs) Well, if you want to hear more, you can always tune into EastEnders, Ray, because they all sound like this on there, don't they? <laughs> so question one, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, boy, you're going to get me in trouble here. I really like Beatles music pre, pre-drug age. I like their right. first, the first 100 songs they brought out. You know, All My Loving and She Loves You and all those songs just give me such a buzz. <laughs> And uh, Romans 14, happy is he that condemns not himself and that which he allows. They're not dirty songs, and they've got such a good feeling. They bring back great memories for me, so I really like Beatles music. Um, I love some classical music. Uh, I love the theme to the Aneedon line. Have you ever heard that? It's written by Cachachiri, and it was an English program on television many years ago, and it just sends me into goosebumps. I like Handel's Messiah and stuff like that. So Beatles, a little bit of classical. Very good. Next signature bar question. What book or books are you currently reading? I'm not reading any books right at the moment. I read a lot on the internet. And one reason is when you've got a physical book, you can't go mm, when you're getting older and make the print bigger. But you can on uh, on on an iPad. And so I do a lot of research on my iPad when I'm writing books and looking for quotes. Uh, and uh, so that that's what I do. Very good. Although I, signature- people, I do encourage people to buy physical books. <laughs> I'm sure that's available on the Kindle as well, Ray, if people are struggling with the yes, font the size. Yes, good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Last signature bar question. What podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? 
I listen to some of Spurgeon's sermons, although no one does his voice justice. I don't know what right. Spurgeon sounded like, but I imagine he had a, re- a rich voice. Someone said it has the witnessed his voice said it sounds like silver, whatever that means. But it, it uh, sure gives an idea that his voice wasn't kind of squeaky like yours and mine. <laughs> Podcasts. Um, I we've got a podcast, Living Waters Podcast. I some sometimes tune into that. But I don't have yeah. too much time to listen to podcasts because I'm always editing for YouTube, always, through the night, during the day. Your podcast is brilliant, by the way. Um, you get the balance perfectly right, don't you, between fun and getting <laughs> the serious conversations going. Really good. I'll make sure that the link's in the description below as well. We've got two minutes. So, Ray, before we let you go, um, do you have any closing thoughts? You've got 120 seconds. Thoughts. Oh, you want to hear a thought? Yeah. <laughs> No, you can't hear a thought. I'm going to have to speak it. What are you, what are you trying to do? So funny, he says, I like to hear thoughts. So we're going to hear your thoughts. So my thought today would be to take advantage. I'm speaking to Christians. Take advantage of this day, like I said before, and say, God, please help me to overcome my fears because that fear is always there. And I, I've preached open air literally thousands of times. And if you said to me, we're going to preach open air, my heart would go like that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a natural fear we got. And also we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual weakness in high places. So we're fighting a demonic battle. So have your shield of faith up. Trust God with all your heart. Don't listen to your fears. Pray for wisdom. I pray for wisdom daily. Say, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me divine encounters. Uh, practice what you preach. Practice on your dog. Make sure you're ready for a gospel proclamation. If someone says, give me a 60-second gospel proclamation, there's a bus coming. Well, you've got to be ready for that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, practice what you preach. Practice on the mirror, practice in the shower, practice on dog, practice on your wife. Lovely. Well, Ray, it's been such a joy speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you, brother. God bless you. And to the bar listeners, thank you again for tuning in and make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you can get the show every single Tuesday. And just like today, we have some top, top guests coming up that you do not want to miss out on. And remember to check out the bar podcast website where you can listen to Dwayne's huge archive of interviews, which will keep you nice and busy until next time to laugh for now. <laughs>